here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Shidoshi, I feel like I've lost part of my family too. Shingo and I were close friends and brothers. And you and Mrs. Tanaka have treated me like a son. What will happen now? No more training. Just stop now. But you have so much to teach. You don't understand. In the war, I lost my first family. My son, daughter, and wife. They live in Hiroshima. I left Japan because of the war. The war was wrong. I came here to start over. Begin a new family with a son. Another chance to pass on the teaching. For 2,000 years, knowledge passed from father to son Father to son. When Shingo died, it stopped. Teach me. I can do it. You are not Japanese. You are not a Tanaka. You taught me using any technique that works. Never to limit myself to one style. To keep an open mind. Why? To honor you, Shidoshi. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Press X to Reload for yet another special. Uh, and this one is a special for us, not for you. So if you don't like it, too bad. It's a Father's Day special. And three out of four Press X to Reload participants are fathers. It is a Father's Day special, and we are celebrating a... Uh, not quite video game thing, but it kind of is, and we're going to argue that it is. I, of course, am Nick Moore, and joined with me are Wayne Brissett, Mark Athenis, and Chris Nijedlik. Wayne? Pleasure to be here, as always. Mark? All right, let's do this. And Chris, welcome back again. Thank you for having me. I feel like I was put on the planet for this very evening. <laughs> for all seven of our listeners. <laughs> so... We're here today to talk about Bloodsport and fully recognize that this is not a video game film. It is not inspired by a video game, but it goes the other way. And this is this is kind of why we're looking at this. This is a film that legitimately inspired a video game, but without actually being a direct adaptation. Mortal Kombat was directly inspired by this. And in fact, as a did you know, if you go and research it on the internet, Mortal Kombat was originally going to be an adaptation of Bloodsport. Jean-Claude was going to be the, the character you play as. And then licensing nonsense fell through, but they still were doing all this live motion capture and figured, screw it. 
we'll just make a game that isn't Bloodsport, but is a fighting arena. And Johnny Cage is an homage to Jean-Claude Van Damme. So it's still kind of sort of related-ish. And I would like to argue, and maybe you guys can can kind of yay or nay with me, but I know Street Fighter, the game, came out before Bloodsport. But Street Fighter 2 came out several years after this film. And I really feel like Street Fighter 2 borrows a lot of elements from this film. Am I wrong? Oh, definitely from costume no. designs, some character designs for sure. Well, the we'll yeah. get into the characters, but there's one particular character where I feel like they just exaggerated that character to create Blanca, one of the fighters, mm-hmm. right? Because, I mean, you can say like yeah. sumo and, yeah. and tie fighting, but there is one character that legitimately feels like they just evolved that character into Blanca, uh, which is kind of neat. But as I, as I said earlier, there are three out of four fathers in this podcast, unless Mark has some skeletons he hasn't told us about. But this is a oh, he does. film. told me about their existence. <laughs> <laughs> this Houston. is a film about fathers and about legacy. <laughs> it is problem. the, whether or not you choose to believe it or not, it is said that it is based on a true story about an underground fighting tournament called the Kumite and the story of Frank Dukes, who has gone to try and honor the legacy of his sensei and his teacher and go and win this tournament on his behalf because his sensei's son has died and there's no one else to carry on his teaching. This is in my top 10 of just favorite films of all time. I know I will hog the entire spotlight and talk about this if I don't stop myself. So let's start with Chris because he's probably <laughs> next to me in terms of hogging the spotlight. Out. Chris, how does it feel returning to this film for probably what's, I don't know, the 27th time for you? Just oh, we're, we're well past that. There were, there was growing up. I mean, I would watch this weekly. This was just, this was on as background. Um, Bloodsport was just on permanent rotation. So I think I went through one VHS and went on to a second one. So you're going to have to stop me, but <laughs> I mean, I, I know every beat and nuance of the soundtrack and the accompanying audio that plays alongside the score. So enough said. Next. Fair enough. Well, yeah. Wayne, we'll, we'll go to you next as the other father, new father in the room, because uh, you are the, the newest one to join this group. Congratulations <laughs> uh, again. Yeah. So, I mean, like you, Nick, easily in a top 10 and like Chris, like this is just a staple movie that's been a part of our lives for forever. And like Chris was probably watched very often, especially in the younger days, um, even today, um, I still make sure to watch it probably at least once, twice a year for sure. It's just a solid, fun film. It brings you back good memories, good music, good action. Man, I remember we used to make little home movies and and a lot of what we used to do was even inspired by what Bloodsport did. We even tried to do our own Kumite movie. We we never really finished it entirely, but uh, <laughs> it was all based on that. We had characters and just like this. And it, I don't know. There's a lot of good memories and inspiration that this this movie has. And it just it's a good Father's Day film. It absolutely is. Mark, rounding out uh, everyone before I take over again. Where do we sit for this film? We are. Yeah, you know what? I've, uh, I uh, I do I do love this movie, but it's actually been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, okay. Um, I haven't seen it in a very long time, so I wouldn't put it in my top ten. Not because not there's anything wrong with it. It's Kicking just, you I out of the chat. Movies in my <laughs> top <laughs> ten. <laughs> Removes from yeah. podcast. Um, 
but I do love this movie. And um, that's why he has no kids. An interesting thing for me <laughs> while watching this movie, I had uh, <laughs> I had two I had two unique experiences while watching this movie because it's been a while. The first was I didn't realize how little dialogue Jean Claude had in it, and the second was I was watching it being like, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if they remade this movie. Absolutely um, not. Sure. With some of the advancements in the just choreography and stunt work that you see in today's movies, some of those fights could go to another level. And I was just like, this could be an awesome concept redone, but I love it. It's a, it's a fun movie. And, and yeah, I, when we first suggested it for the father's day thing, I didn't realize how deep those undertones went, but yeah, it's uh, it, it really is quite, quite the thing about legacy. So I like it. Well, and like I said, it's basically the illegitimate father of the next generation of fighting games in terms of video games. A lot of the things that mm-hmm. they that they really present in this do get pulled into your Street Fighter 2 and your Mortal Kombat. Now, for myself, this is an important film for me. I watch it probably every other year, so I've seen it a few times. It's important to me for a couple of reasons. It's maybe the best example of 80s action done right, in my opinion. And you can look back at 80s action and go, okay, it's not, as you said, as flashy with its choreography. The moves aren't quite as complicated. But in my opinion, 80s action is usually more about the emotion of what's being sold in the fight than it is about what cool move is being done. And you could almost make the comparison that an 80s action is very similar to a comic book, where instead of having 15 moves, you only have so many panels. What are the three striking poses between the two foes that will matter? How many moments can you pause on this and go, that is a beautiful background for a fight? Like when Jean-Claude is leaping in the air and kicking Chong Li in the gut, or when he does like the axe kick to him behind him, or when he does the, and we'll get to it later, the the nut punch that becomes Johnny Cage's staple move. Or the 360, the spinning helicopter, which he's known for. I mean, that's just, as a kid, I mean, my eyes nearly flew out of their sock like I, I i thought he was being held up by strings right but most fights in this mm-hmm. last less than a minute and most fights you can boil down mm-hmm. to like five or six moves there'll be a little bit of fainting and posturing and going back and forth but legitimate big moves there's not a lot of them it feels more like a game of chess if you're going to be intelligent about it or if you're going to see it the way i do this emotion it's it's more like watching arm wrestling where it's just going back and forth between them. Big move for each guy until someone kind of wins. And most films now almost to a degree, and don't get me wrong. I love all the martial arts that happens today, but some of them I feel like get bogged down in. We're just going to have as many cool reversals and moves back and forth. And it becomes this 15 minute long fight scene that no one has the energy to do versus these feel like believable fights. Yeah. Right. They're really cool, but I can believe they would happen. Now, the other reason this one's important to me, and I'm I don't know if it was one of the first ones for myself. I think it might have been. But this is officially Parker's first R-rated movie. He sat down and watched (laughs) it with me. I made sure that Corinne would not get too mad with me over it ahead of time. And And what is the edge of R, right? Like this one is just the violence and the language. There's not much. He really enjoyed it. It it, it would not receive. It would not receive an R rating in today's. Today. No, day. correct. And again, right. it was R rated in the States. In Canada, it was like your 14A kind of rating. But there are a couple of violent scenes. The leg break is pretty bad. Break, a yeah. lot of people have. He a, kills a guy. 
Right. Breaking There's some pretty violent stuff. And some cheeky nudity. Specifically uh-huh. cheeky, yeah. <laughs> see what you did there. But he enjoyed it. He thought it was pretty cool. And it was kind of neat to watch a movie about fathers and sons and legacy with my son. It was pretty cool. <laughs> but breaking down this movie kind of piece by piece, we start with the opening. How many cool martial arts techniques and styles do they showcase in this opening? With an awesome soundtrack. Yeah. Literally, literally my favorite yeah. flashback montage of all time with, like Wayne said, the best soundtrack possible yes <laughs> so good yeah yes the the training montage when we go back to frank dukes really cool stuff but even just the very opening when yeah. it's cutting between the different participants that are going to be in the kumite and you're getting a feel for how many different and varied styles they're going to be bringing to this yeah you have the one character who as far as i'm concerned the guy who fights like a monkey is basically blanca blanca yeah. stole this character <laughs> but Showing him mm. climb up into a tree to like karate chop into a tree. Leap. Yes. Leap. He, yeah, that's true. Jumps up like 10 feet, but you believe it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but he's chopping in half coconuts that have been like tied with ropes to the branches of that tree. And he's getting each with one chop. And it gives you a really good conveyance of if he hits you in the head with that <laughs> move. Which he does. And that's why that scene's important is to remind you, how can this little guy with right. one hit knock you out? It's like, well, mm-hmm. in his one hit, he can cut coconuts in half. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, exactly. it does a really good job for each of the characters they showcase at the beginning of showing why these moves in the fights later on will be terrifying, almost showing, for lack of a better term, their super moves, or in some <laughs> cases, showing how formidable they'll be. The sumo wrestler, for example, where he picks up that big sack and you, like, how much does that thing weigh? Like, I don't know, 300 pounds? Tosses it at two dudes. They both try and catch it at the same time and fall over. And he just picked that up like it was nothing. Now you know he's trouble. He Honda. Right. You see what I mean? Like, it's, you can sit here and go, yeah, Street Fighter used all the generics. But it does feel like they specifically pulled from this. Sure. I mean, there was fighting games before yeah. in this movie. That, Like you said, there was a Street Fighter. There's a karate game. That they even play in Bloodsport. <laughs> and that's my last argument. This yeah. movie has yeah. a fight in it that is a video game fight. <laughs> like yep. the fact that they have Frank Dukes shows his dominance, not just in the actual arena, but apparently he's taken the time to learn how to play Kung Fu for the arcade or karate or whatever playing, it is. You do not pick up and know how to play that game. No, horribly. <laughs> Kicks are going backwards and jumping over the other player and yeah. trying to foot sweep while they're doing a backward 360. My favorite thing, my, my favorite thing, I believe um, it's the second round of Dukes versus Jackson when he just walks forward twice and delivers one straight punch. And one punch. Yeah. <laughs> we used to laugh so I have that. a legitimate question about that game because I've never played that game, that like one-on-one arcade karate game. Is it Karateka? So, I, I maybe. Think it's, yeah. or, or Karate so, I Champ. I think it's Champ. Karate Champ. I think maybe it's Karate. I think it's Karate. So, one of the things I find really fascinating about that scene, and it's something we've talked about before in films that's kind of frustrating when you watch someone play a fighting, any kind of a video game, really, is what they're doing on the controller doesn't seem to match up at all with what's happening on screen. But in this movie, I can't tell if they're doing the actual moves or if they were told acting wise to choreograph movements 
on the controller that would make sense for what you're seeing on screen, even if that isn't how to perform the move. Because every time they cut down to Frank Dukes and Jackson fighting, the movements that they're doing on the controller does match to what's happening on the video game, but I don't yeah. know if that's how you actually do it. It is how you play it, actually. It's the really? two controllers. Yeah, one is move motion, one is like your attacks, right? So if you want to jump, it's like both up, one over to do like the jump and then the, the kicks. That's why you always see them like multi-moving their hands in opposite directions and yeah. stuff to try to back and kick. It, it, the game actually works like that. So this might be the most accurate Amazing. representation <laughs> of playing a video game mm-hmm. in yeah. a movie that I've ever seen because... When you see him do, for example, like you said, the one punch, it looks like he does like a double tap, press one button, boom, Jackson's yes. on the ground. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like, and it that's probably how you do it. I don't know if that's exactly it, but I remember playing it and that's what it was like. But it was really unlike cool. the wizard where they're like, t- you know, tapping oh, the God. buttons and freaking out and all over the place. <laughs> the wizard plays yeah. like me. <laughs> 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 that was really cool to me. That's something that stood out. And again, going back to the beginning, it might be. Maybe the best introduction, at least in my opinion, to a character for Jean-Claude in terms of showing you what to expect out of him as a fighter. When you first meet him, it's on the Air Force Base and you have whoever this peon is that's been sent to go talk to Frank Dukes and let him know that he can't have this shore leave to go to his tournament. And it's a training room and it's one of those punching speed bags that you're supposed to be punching at really fast and kind of showing your rhythm. And he's doing roundhouse kick, reverse roundhouse kick over and over on this thing. <laughs> like he's mm-hmm. like, he's a spinning top, but he's still hitting the rhythm for it, but it's this ridiculously flashy kick motion. <laughs> and that's exactly what his style is when you see him fight, but it sets up what to expect out of him. Right. Yep. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it is. Yep. It's, and it's those bags I was are really small. fascinated. Yeah. I was really fascinated by that whole furlough thing because it seems like I guess he must have known they didn't want him to go because it's literally just like you're in the army, your superior guy wants to talk to you. Okay. And then he runs. Like he immediately yeah. runs. Like he doesn't go to the meeting first and find out we don't want you to go to the Kumite. He just starts running. And so yeah. I was like, there's a whole backstory here I know nothing about. Because <laughs> he just he immediately <laughs> runs. And I totally forgot about that. I, I couldn't, I, I know he was being chased. I like I remember because it's been so long since I've seen but I couldn't remember why. And it took me a while before I was like, are they going to tell me why they don't, why these guys are chasing him? And I'm like, oh, okay. They don't it's want because the government has invested a lot of time like, and money sense. in you. <laughs> yeah, the government's right. invested a lot of time no, and money. That's in all you Frank. need to know. That's it. That's exactly it. They made all the it made all the sense in the world. It made all the sense in the world. But it's, at first, when he starts running, I'm like, "Why the hell is he running? What's he's not going AWOL. He's allowed to leave. It's a furlough. You're allowed to leave." Well, what's stranger to me about it is, if it's a matter of like going for shore leave, how do they know that he's going to the Kumite? This thing doesn't seem like everyone knows about it. It seems like it's supposed to be kept. No, no, actually, it's supposed to be kept secret. Except everybody everybody else doesn't seem to know about it. No, no, they just don't know where it is. This seems like everybody knows about it. Every (laughs) single person you encounter knows about the Kumite. Yeah, they just don't know where it is. Every single person you encounter. It's because yeah. everybody's humming the theme song. Kumite, yeah. Kumite. So everybody's like, oh, you're going. Kumite, Kumite. That's where they're going. But it's a cool introduction yeah. to him. And then, yeah, you have him sneak off the Air Force Base. He gives them the slip. And then he goes back to his his sensei's home, who's Shidoshi. And has that, yeah, his Shidoshi. And has that really cool flashback scene, which is striking to me for yeah. a couple of reasons. One, 
when they do the flashback to him as like a young teenager, the young actor playing him is a pretty convincing John Claude Van Damme, <laughs> complete with awkward accent. Yeah, it's a really good accent, eh? Yeah, it is a really good accent. Yeah, you're not gonna call the cops. <laughs> I wasn't going to steal it. Right, but I like the idea yeah. of he's just following along with these other teenagers so that he can kind of feel part of a group, and they want to steal something. And when they jet, once they can hear someone's coming, he's not looking to steal anything. He's just entranced by this katana blade that got knocked over, and he goes to put it back and gets caught. And I guess, well, yeah, he gets kicked in the gut. And <laughs> yeah, it's pretty for his good too. deed. It is. Yeah. It's arguable whether he's kicked well, like to a point where he should be going to a hospital. It's a bad kick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's and down in one. I, I kind of enjoy the idea of his indentured servitude after that, like his only purpose is to train the guy's son. So well, he's I, literally just a punching a, bag, a human yeah. punching bag for the son. He like, is. I, I love that. But I like that. He calls for a while. the, this like his Shidoshi on that. And he says to him, like, how come you coach him and not me? You know, you are here to teach my son. I'm you not here forget to be about you know, our deal. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm not here to be his punching bag or you can forget about our deal. Why don't you quit, Round Eye? <laughs> and then, of course, yeah. he sticks up for Jesus. We do not say these horrible terms. We're quoting the film. We're quoting oh, the film. Very quotable film. <laughs> it is quotable for a lot yeah. of language that maybe shouldn't fly now. <laughs> yeah. But, it wouldn't fly now? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't, shouldn't, couldn't. Either way. Mm-hmm. Don't repeat yeah. some of the things from this movie. But he sees... Yeah. He sees, what is it? It's a Shenji, I think is his name. I think kid, so. Yeah. yeah. Sees him getting attacked at school. And then yeah. when he steps in, now there's some level of mutual respect. It's weird to me. And again, I love the flashback, but it's a weird cut that you go from him as a teenager sticks up for, for Shenji when he's getting attacked. And the very next scene is he's <laughs> Shenji's dead. You don't <laughs> yeah. know why. I don't think they explain how he died. Nope. No, it's just they never his tell picture you how he as died. an no. adult is up on the shrine, and now mm-hmm. Frank Dukes is there beside his Shidoshi as they're both praying and mourning for for his son. There's a lot of lost time in there. But you see yeah. the devastation in Tanaka's. Like, yes, absolutely. He really yeah. he sells it. He sells, he sells it. it. And man, and here's another testament to the soundtrack. When they're talking, and then Tanaka, you know, berates him. You are not Japanese. You're not a Tanaka. Right yes. before that, when 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 you see Van Dam, kind of the, the resolve hits, and he straightens up, and you see almost like his scalp, like he he tightens up, yep. and and that mm-hmm. bass kicks yep. in. That you're just dun, like, oh, dun, oh dun. my god. Yep. Yes, like literally goosebumps. That entire interaction between the two of them, I'm not going to say it's the peak of the film because there's a lot of cool stuff, but emotionally, it's the strongest moment of the film, especially both performances. Mm -hmm. It blows my mind when you look at someone like Jean-Claude Van Damme. I love his films. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But it blows my mind that his first major film where he's the star, where he's the hero, because I think the only thing I could think of before this is No Retreat, No Surrender, and he's the Black villain Eagle. in that. Black, Black Eagle. Eagle, he was the villain. Yeah. But this is his first real shot as a hero, and it's his best acting. And it's not that everything else is bad, but he is 100% believable. I, like I get choked in, up in that scene. Uh, that yes. back and forth between I like them. I more. Okay, fair enough. Time Cop's yeah. probably one of his better 
act is solid all the way like through he, a film. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him in Type Cop more because again, I, I was shocked at how little dialogue he actually has in this. Well, um, which I literally just chalked up to the idea that like he's got an accent, and in the '80s, you got an accent. They don't give you a lot of dialogue in your first movie. You got to earn yeah. that. Sure. Yep. <laughs> but it's amazing how much he does with so little. He doesn't mm-hmm. talk a lot, but he's on screen yeah. Yeah. for a good 80% of this film. And oh, yeah. Yeah. whether he's in a conversational scene or a fight scene, there's just little things that he's doing as a character with his body and with his facial expressions that sell him as a believable human being little things like when he's fighting someone and when he backs away, he does that thing where he's lifting with his legs for a second. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Most yeah. people you see like bounce back and forth yeah. and Parker, when I'm watching it goes, he walks like a crab. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what I, I like about that. those fight scenes, <laughs> but it's like stretching like it out, right? Like yeah. He, it's awesome. What he, but I like it though, because you'll see him, he'll go into like a fixed stance and then nothing will happen. He'll relax, kind of relax, yeah, let right, the tension yeah. out of his body, and then back into a fixed stance. Those are my favorite parts of the fight scenes. Where yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, it's a little detail. Fight, okay, nothing, nothing. All right, let me just back off, relax up a little, get too yeah. tight. Okay, back into it. You know, like I, I really do like that. And guaranteed, those are choices that he's making, and not just the director. There's mm-hmm. a lot of physicality mm-hmm. to his acting that I'm just blown away by in this film. It's still my favorite performance of his. And it reminds me to a degree of you look at like Charlie Sheen and how, in my opinion, he peaked in platoon. Like that's his best performance he's ever given in my opinion. And he's had a lot of good stuff since, but that was like the peak of it. Jean-Claude to me has a similar trajectory where he's good, but this movie, if I saw this, I would question whether or not he's going to go martial arts or try some dramatic stuff as well. He has a range here. And then he proves it again in JCVD years later. Yeah. yeah. Big time. Just astounded me. That movie was unreal. Big time. Right. Really cool stuff in that scene. And then, of course, after he says that he's going to honor you, Shidoshi, you have that training montage. And montage oh. is phenomenal. So you know, many cool things. Yeah. You know what I find really cool about it is, and I'm going to go back to this a lot, is the soundtrack by Paul Herzog. Mm-hmm. I, I have an autographed, I have two autographed copies actually by Paul Herzog that were sold by Dark Delicacies. And, and there's pictures of them there and everything. But here's where maybe a little bit more of the video game or where video games stole from it is here's where it introduces the triumphant Dukes theme. Right. Yeah. Whereas you you kind of get character themes in the movie, like Chong Lee's got his, you know, like that. Right. But anytime, which is amazing. But like who's jumping ahead to to day two, and actually the track on the CD is called Day Two. But when it's that whole montage that leads into the sumo fight, anytime Van Damme's on the screen and he takes out guys in the little clips, you always hear his theme come in. And it's yeah. just, man, it's like it's like Guile from Street Fighter 2. You're just like, okay, okay, here we go. Well, and it's little details like that that most martial arts tournament films or fighting films don't really take the attention to, right? Mm -hmm. That's more what you'd expect out of a quote-unquote serious film, but this is taken really seriously for those sorts of things. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that flashback, that training montage is amazing. That training montage is absurd (laughs) because... Like half of it is the first half of it is just him being thrown to the ground and yeah. just zooming in shots on his Shidoshi, just staring at him like you suck. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I only watched it again recently, 
the closest you ever see to him getting like good enough to be, I don't know, not better, but even on par with his Shidoshi is when he's blindfolded and like trying to kick him. And at one point he holds the kick, he holds the kick and his Shidoshi is off balance. That's the closest he ever gets to hitting him, beating him. The rest of the montage is just him losing to him a little bit less each time. I'm pretty sure Tanaka could have won the the Kumite if he won. That's the argument I'm leading towards, <laughs> is Tanaka in his deathbed yeah, yeah. could just get up and win. <laughs> I feel like he gave Frank Dukes the opportunity to win. Yeah. Tanaka or Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. He should have faced What's off the against difference? his Shidoshi. <laughs> in the the What's the difference? <laughs> if Bruce Springsteen is his Shidoshi, <laughs> we're getting to that scene. We're Sorry. getting there. Okay, USA. <laughs> Sorry. But it's really fascinating, but you legitimately see a couple of neat things specifically in his training that will come up later. The most important one being how to focus to a point where he can fight blind, because that will matter quite a bit. And also how to focus so much that pain won't stop you. Yeah. Did that foreshadowing to to (laughs) my, like to my young eyes, at the time, I never knew that when he's fighting blind, I didn't think that that would ever come into play. And then at the end, when he gets the chalk thrown in his eyes and yeah. they start showing it, my mind just oh, got yeah. expanded. I was like, he's calling on his past training. Well, how about even earlier? He's pressing so A, B, and I, X at the same time. My, that scene where he's ignoring pain with the splits. Oh, my God. That is like the worst torture to me when he when they're doing it to him. <laughs> but then the epic music, and then when he like straightens out of the splits and snaps the one side, I was just like, oh, oh yeah, my God. and then just hangs the, there, just hangs the there in the split mode, just staring. That's just it. Tied up I kept thinking about that stunt, <laughs> right? He's, yeah, and I just kept thinking about that stunt because I was just like, he's really doing that. Yep. And so right. when he snaps the one side, they leave him hanging like that. Just like, well, what kills so me is his his <laughs> Shidoshi is basically doing the parting of the winds where you tie each limb with a rope and you pull in all directions. That's yeah. how you kill people. Yeah. And he's doing it as a training yeah. exercise. And Jean-Claude is strong enough that yeah. he pulls all the ropes back and snaps the pulley. And the, the tree. Thing, yeah. The, yeah. And breaks a tree. And the tree. The only thing that's weird about it, and it's a small nitpick, but it's odd. When they're cutting between all these different things, at one point, before the tree scene happens in the montage, he drops into the splits and catches two bamboo poles that his Shidoshi is trying to hit yeah. him with. Just the pull up. Yeah. Right. And then pulls up afterwards. I'm like, that probably should have taken place after the tree ruined your ability to have children. <laughs> yeah. Not before. <laughs> but then you have that really kind of cool and solemn scene where he's in like a formal garb and his Shidoshi has got the katana blade and he's kind of going, okay, now you are worthy. And it's a completely wordless scene. They say nothing. It's a cool tableau almost. Yeah. And then the, like the crane shot pulls back and they're just holding there. I'm like, right. it's just got a cool vibe and it's very um, like gauzy, like, like it's, it's a soft very focus. Very soft yeah. focus. And it's uh, the smallest it, detail, but after all so that cool. formality of him down on both knees as he gives him the sword and gripping it and standing up, just the simple act of his Shiroshi puts one hand on his shoulder just informally and smiles at him. It's this really human moment between them after yeah. him being a harsh master for an entire training sequence. That's the son he lost, right? Right. It's the so son now. You can yeah. tell that's the moment yeah. where he's, you're my son. Yep. Yeah. Like just goosebumps well, when I, I see I, that scene. 
it's a callback. And I, I like that scene because it's such a callback to basically when they first met, where he says, like, you cannot steal a katana. You must, like, basically, it, it must be earned Earn and given it. to right. you. And it's and that scene where he showed yeah. him, this is the Tanaka family sword, and he's earned it. Yes. And it's, it, it's, again, it's that adoptive part of their father-son relationship. Yep. Very really cool awesome. stuff. And then, of course, you have him go across to Hong Kong and he meets up with one of the best Wait, sidekicks. Are you skipping the chase scene? Oh, the, the chase scene, scene where he yeah. where he actively plays tag with those guys. Where he's like, that's you're after he meets you guys. That's after. That's after. Jackson's yes. oh, God. Up for okay. So first he meets right, Jackson right. on the bus. Yes. Where Jackson and he looks like a Jackson. He always has a beer in his hand. <laughs> it doesn't like matter where he is, what yeah. time of day. Jackson always has a beer that he's just finishing off every time you see <laughs> yeah. him. It's yeah, awesome. Americana he sits down behind the the one the bus. <laughs> just the yeah, I'm a real man. <laughs> I love when high, high top sneakers. <laughs> yeah. When the woman doesn't pay any attention to him, just the too handsome for you, huh, honey? <laughs> yeah. You know he's not a huge dick because he leaves her alone right away. He leaves her yeah. alone just, right away. You know he's not he's he's rough and tough, but he's not a complete idiot. But yeah. I love that instead of any sort of a oh, there's something wrong with you. It's just the too handsome for too you. Handsome. Like I'm out of your league. Is what he tries to insinuate. <laughs> the sheer overconfidence of Jackson in this yeah. is absurd and almost endearing <laughs> it is yeah. you he's yeah. he's supposed to be like this grubby whatever but you're almost endeared to him right off the bat you're yeah. like okay the big lovable yeah. look well, even when you see him in the very opening montage of the different fighters and one of the guys is like i heard you can get killed in this kumite he's like only if you fuck up and then yeah. punches the punching bag that he's holding hard enough the guy like staggers back <laughs> yeah. you know you're gonna like this dude yeah yep Right. Yeah. And then, of course, they officially meet inside the the hotel lobby where Jackson gets his butt handed to him in three rounds of karate champ. And then they become friends because that's how dudes are. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it's a real that's fight right. or 100% fight. authentic and believable. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't matter Agreed, if it's a real actually. fight or a video mm -hmm. game fight. Now they're friends. <laughs> yeah. Just the whole wall. If you want to see a real you know fight, you can I, come see me at the Kumite. Yeah. I too yeah. am here for the Kumite. <laughs> I'm here for the Kumite. Aren't you a little young for full contact? <laughs> just the, aren't you a little old for video games? And it's like free pause. Yeah. Yeah. You want to go again, again yeah. don't you? <laughs> I even like yeah. Jackson when he's like, you want you want to give it a shot? He's like, no, no, no. I got it. I'll take his money. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> sure. I'll like, try. Yeah. Yeah. No, I got it. All it takes is money. Uh, and then the you know part of the reason I like that scene, yeah. But part of the reason I like that scene is because like why it's so believable to me. It's they're two foreigners. They're in they're they're in another country. Sure. But here you've met another English speaking person, and you've already got one commonality. Then they just keep finding things that they like about each other. So it's such a believable bromance by the end of it. And it's, absolutely, and it's, yeah. it is believable because I've met somebody at an arcade game before and it was Tekken yeah. 3 at the college I'd always go to play Tekken 3 and the same guy would always go and before you know him every day you're playing you're talking to each other and buying each other's games because he ran out of quarters or I ran out of quarters all it takes is money build a friendship over a game yeah no, absolutely it was really yeah. cool it's a really quickly built friendship that you can buy into and it's nice and easy and now he has someone to talk to to kind of unload any sort of emotional or expositional stuff that the audience needs to have. And then they meet the weirdest handler, oh. the guy that takes care of them. 
the fast talking <laughs> Mr. Lin in room 310. Right. Mm-hmm. Just the, you Jackson, you look like a Jackson. I love it. And you man. must be Frank Ducks. Dukes. Ah, like put up your Dukes, right? Like, Dukes everything Dukes. this guy Dukes. says Dukes. is gold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. And and you know what's also amazing and what endears you to him? Not only his lines, but he legitimately wants them to win. He's yeah. pulling yeah. for them. Like, well, you're yeah. like man, the, this he's guy, here to represent no, the yeah. North American yeah. fighters. And he, he tells is. us the three rules yeah. of the Kumite. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he reminds me of, um, I don't know if you remember the Hearts, their manager off of uh, wrestling. He reminds yeah. me of the one that had the megaphone. The mouth. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. don't know why, Jimmy. but I always make, make that Jimmy association. <laughs> yeah. I wish this yes. guy had a cowboy hat. <laughs> like his Asian brother. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I get a huge kick out of him. And then you have, as you said, the chase between the two. I don't understand if Frank Dukes is so important to the American military. Why did they send these two bumbling buffoons <laughs> yeah. to yep. go get him? You have you a know, future Oscar nominated winner. guy who clearly doesn't care and is just there because he was told to be there. And Forrest Whitaker as someone who, mm. like, I don't even know how he got into this job. He seems to not know what he's doing. It's like day one, and they mm. put him on go get Frank Dukes. Yeah. So here's the thing about that because I agree that they're like, seemingly horribly inept but also like really good at finding him they find him a lot in a city where they don't know where he is they don't know where the kumite is they don't know where he's going and they're resourceful enough to, to run into him like a solid two or three times they're looney tune characters and so i was just like you know what that they are yeah they like, are wily what? coyote they, they, yeah. they can they're good they're at wily coyote. Finding they, him, they know they where the roadrunner is but they can't catch the roadrunner mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, it's like Wiley and Yosemite yeah. Sam are after him. Okay, actually, guys, um, we I think we skipped ahead. The uh, if memory serves me correctly, from the approximately two hundred and fourteen viewings, um, <laughs> the chase. <laughs> yeah, the it chase, happens. Right, it's at the culmination of day one. They've already fought. Um, yeah. Oh, shoot, Frank Dukes, yeah. right? He's in this yellow yeah. blazer mm-hmm. with the black shirt. He meets and the girl first. Exactly. And he's supposed to go to a date, and it's the chase, and then he goes to the date. That's exactly right. I mean, they're they're enjoying a beer in the lobby. Mm-hmm. So we have an entire day of day. Kumite to discuss. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Right now, he shows him some trick or treat. Right. Oh, geez, and that's another great example of the training montage leading to something. Paying that off the, the goldfish yeah. grab. Right. Yes. Day one Kumite. Let's start with registration <laughs> because rules seem oh. to be different for everybody. Jackson shows up, hands him a piece of paper. They look at it for two seconds and then mm. the guy stuffs it in his shirt. Jackson is in. Clearly he's a skilled fighter. Clearly he's a skilled fighter because Jackson yes. is like six foot eight and yeah. 320 pounds of confidence and charisma. So yeah, yeah. he'll be and fine. Beer. Yeah. <laughs> punching him and is like beer. punching the foundation yeah. of a house. It's fun. yes, yeah. But I can understand their trepidation when they see Frank Dukes, Jean Claude Van Damme, saying that he represents the Tanaka clan. And, and I'm just uh, you it's don't look like Tanaka. Not his ability, mm-hmm. right. yes. But I love that even though he has the invitation that they sent him, yeah. he still has to prove himself. Like, but prove himself, he does. Yeah, but, but he needs to prove he's he was the Tanaka. Invitation? He doesn't have to prove he's a fighter. I don't understand why they would send him the invitation and then go, wait a minute, you don't look like the name we sent it to. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. But then they have him do the dim mock. What the hell is a dim mock? 
<laughs> he proves it. So for the audience who has <laughs> yes. never seen this, the dim muck is the death touch. Uh, uh, it's death, death touch. touch. Yes. <laughs> That's D-E-F. Ah, uh, yes, like death comedy jam. Death right. Yeah. Yeah, like death comedy jam. Where you're supposed to be able to destroy a brick in one hit because you're hitting with so much force. But not, not just, just any, any brick. brick. He insists. The bottom guy him, insists bottom one. Bottom so now one. as an audience, you only expect one of two things as an audience. Either he has to hit the bricks so hard it breaks that all. he breaks all of them, including the bottom, which is what right. I expected first time watching this. Same here. Agreed. Or you get what actually yeah, happens where he essentially channels his chi through several bricks and he pushes down and only breaks the bottom one and pushes all the other ones down. I, how, how, how is this he, done? I he want explodes. This it's awesome. He explodes yes. the bottom brick. He vaporizes the bottom brick. <laughs> yeah, and it's, and it's an shot. awesome shot too. Like it's a good well, camera angle. Yeah, shot. Awesome shot. Yeah. Being shot downward, upwards, yeah. towards him. So and you're seeing explosion. him pushing down towards camera, the brick exploding yeah. outwards, but even but the wait, build up to it. The soundtrack, the says, tingling, oh, yeah. the tingling. As soon yeah. as the the tester says, bottom one, everyone else, and it was loud. Everyone's training, moving around, mm. talking. It's like the Western when somebody walks through the double doors yeah. who shouldn't. Everything goes dead silent, and they all yep. stop to watch this. Yeah. Yep. Well, I like Unreal. it because the tester's so loud because it's right. going to be just a normal brick break, but then the tester's like, no. Yeah, he goes, he stops them. Yeah. yeah. He stops everything. He stops the he, whole room. Uh, pick a brick. His bottom. Uh, right, uh, but uh, yeah. this one. Uh, yeah. But this one right in front of you. But, uh, this one, this one <laughs> right at right. the top here, right? He does that, and then, you know, we honor your invitation. As, <laughs> yeah. No shit. The, the tester feels really, it looks like he's been humbled there. Just the, all right, we honor okay. your invitation. <laughs> I'll tell you what, if that was me, honor his invitation, Frankie. If, if he told me the bottom one, I would have walked over. I would have jangled the bottom one out and then broke it on top. <laughs> to the top. Put it on top and smashed it. Sure. But it also builds up, and it's a great callback for anyone who remembers, but it also builds up your impending villain with Bolo Young as Chong Lee. <gasps> And one of the cl most classic mm. film lines ever. Right. Well, yeah. And not just a wow. classic film line from this, but from back. Enter the Dragon. Because yeah. he's repeating what he said yes. in Enter the Dragon. Yeah. That's yep. freaking awesome yeah. for having him to watch this. And when Jean-Claude, when Frank Dukes looks at him, very good, but Brick not hit back. That's yeah. actually a really profound punch of an introductory statement. I mean, Absolutely. when you think, you know, like you bricks, bricks are hard. Bricks are the foundation of a house. You can, you just crush the brick. And he's like, yeah, you know what? But the brick doesn't hit back right. and then walks yeah. away. You're like, yeah. Oh. Yeah. and it's awesome okay, because yeah. enter the dragon replace brick with board. He says the yeah. same thing to someone. It's very good, but the board doesn't yeah. hit back. Like, Oh yeah. my God, you just reminded me how terrifying Bolo young is. <laughs> I think with it works better huge. with brick. It yeah. works better with brick. It does. It works better with brick. Brick yeah. is like, damn it, man. You're you're brick. You but just crushed. I love. That's a difficult thing, what you just did. And he didn't yeah. even care. The callback to yeah. the original big martial arts competition, Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Oh. In my opinion, this is the moment where Bloodsport's going, remember Enter the Dragon? We want to be on the same footing as that film. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. is where it's going. We're on par. Stay yep. tuned. We're in this. Yeah. And Agreed. It holds up. It manages <laughs> to do it, in my opinion. But oh. that's an awesome scene. Yeah. And then you have actual fights. And I mean, 
any of you, what's your favorite moment on day one of fighting? What's the what's your favorite fight? I think it's day one. It's actually like it's a nothing fight. And it's the fight that I think if I'm right, if it's day one, it's a fight between two guys. I think one's wearing like they're both topless. One's wearing like the yellow pants. And it's just a traditional martial arts fight. Oh, yeah. It's quick. Yeah. The one guy is short with the chicks. black pants. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The one guy is short with the black pants. Well, they're describing it, the that's the scene. Frame. Yeah. And that's the scene that made me be like, not because I want a flashier or so I should say a longer choreography, but because that was a scene where it looked like they had two true martial artists who were going at about half speed. And I was like, you know, <laughs> tighten up the tighten up the choreography here. These guys could have had the same length of fight, but it could have been, again, just different choreography, like a, a more almost vicious choreography, just displaying their skill over a sh- the same period of time. Because you, they just look like they were... Even when they're throwing punches, they look like they were throwing punches half speed because they they were probably really throwing those punches, didn't want to hit the guy. And I was like, you know, I could see them redoing this movie, not lengthening the the choreography, changing it slightly and, and making it just as epic as it is. And just as, like you said, as realistic as these fights are, they're, they're short fights. Yeah, they're bare knuckle fights. There's no sa- there's no safety equipment. The guy kicks you in the face. You're probably going down and staying yeah. down because you're kicked full force in the face. I think that's why I like the first fight the best in day one because I think it just it sets the whole tone and the mood. It gives you a little bit of everything in that small short fight. It even explains that's why they call this thing Bloodsport Kid. It's just yep. yeah. with the music, everything. I think because the the exciting, awesome fighting music happens after the first fight. This is just a serious moment to be like, okay, this is what the Kumite is about. We're just going to show you a fight between two people that really aren't stars of the show and just enjoy. And now you know what you're in for. Mm-hmm. It works as a really good visual and verbal sort of mix of exposition because you have Lynn explaining to them the rules while you're seeing a fight take place with those rules yeah. in effect. And it also, as you said, sets the tone of what kind of level of violence, what kind of style of fighting you're going to see. <laughs> Even the fight between them where it's true martial artists, as you say, throwing a lot of moves out there, it still almost has the feel of like an old school samurai fight where it's Mm -hmm. they square off and a couple of moves happen and then they square off again. It's not a constant flurry of moves. It's a few moves and then stop and kind of judge and gauge each other and then a couple of moves. It's the two swordsmen with the swords about to clash once kind of feel, right? Everybody's everybody's fight, everybody's move is to put the other guy down. It's not to be flashy. Every move is to win. I'm here to win this fight. Every move is to win. What I like about it, the pauses are natural because they're after hits. So it's like you got hit. So you're like, oh, okay. And they back off for a second because they got hit. Then they get hit again and they'll be like, oh my God. And they'll wipe the blood from their face because it's like I got hit really hard. Absolutely. So that's what I like about it. Totally agree. I'm going to rewind again. I'm going to rewind again. I think, I think because my we missed. <laughs> it's just go ahead, Chris, go ahead. unstable. So you guys yeah. got you guys got nothing. Totally agree. Now I have the podcast to know what Mark said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> go ahead, Chris. <laughs> well, we we I mean, you know, we glossed over uh, OK USA, which let's face yes. it, I've, I've said that oh. every day for the last 30 years. But um, <laughs> what I found this movie did really well was just before we get to day one, it's the long 
um, mysterious trek through the alleyways, getting to the actual tournament area. As again, as a kid, I felt like I was being led into some secret organization, some underground, you could almost feel the tension in the air. And it's like, it's a place that you weren't supposed to be. It was just the cameras were kind of letting you in. And I found it really captured that extremely well. You see, you see the wonder in Jackson's eyes, you see Frank kind of wide eyed, but he's kind of maintaining his, you know, Tanaka composure and everything. And even the Kuchi itself is in like an abandoned warehouse type of setup, right? Yeah. just yeah. a stage and, and benches on, on sand. <laughs> but, and yeah. it's deep, deep in the bowels of like, I mean, yeah. with the coolest thing that I thought was when you're walking through all those, you, th- you think you're underground, but when the camera pans up, there's sky, there's sky. Yeah. And it's just, that's the alleys between the building. You're like, man, this was, as a kid, this was so alien to me that I was just like, I was enraptured. I mean, right from the get-go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It feels foreboding. The atmosphere... Yes, yeah, like the atmosphere inside. The atmosphere inside, I thought was so cool. It, it, 100%. it looked like they transported them, like, like you said, like it. They're, they're, they look like they're in that sort of in the middle of a city, but when they go into where they fight the Kumite, it looks like it got transported to like feudal Japan or something. It right, looks so cool. Yeah. Well, even Lin says to them, "You guys don't realize it, but you're about to cross an invisible barrier from you know, mm-hmm. the tourist attractions to straight mainland China." Yeah. Just the, Mm-hmm. Remember, it's time to protect your nuts, guys. Yeah. <laughs> the only the only other movie <laughs> which is amazing. Everything that's, he that's, says is amazing. Yeah, and you know who never heeded that advice? The sumo. But yeah. um oh, he, yeah. he never protected his nuts. But the only other movie that had that same sense of mystique and obviously took it to the to the nth degree was Big Trouble in Little China. Oh, yeah. You know, you you yes. here you've got the city 100%. and you've got the right, you've got the bustling, the double decker buses and everything. And then all of a sudden, Nick, like you say, they cross this invisible barrier. And the only other movie was Big Trouble. And I mean yeah. that was more fantastical, but same with Bloodsport, you felt like you were crossing an invisible barrier and the cameras were allowing you to do so both those movies do it really well now there's a part of me that wants kurt russell to be playing the part of ray jackson oh or the guy who played ray jackson to play the part of kurt russell in big trouble little china i want interchangeable interchangeable phenomenal (laughs) but yeah okay so sorry now now we can go on to our favorite fight absolutely so what is your favorite fight on day one chris oh you know it's my favorite fight, but it's also the most disappointing. It's the first time you get to see Frank in action, and you're like, "Damn it, that was <laughs> but it. it's good. It's That's a, a funny fun one." Fight. Yeah, I mean, he broke the world record, but. Um, <laughs> That's my buddy. But, you know, like, it's like you wanted him to make an, an impact in a different way. He made an impact and he set a world record. But, you, man, he totally schooled this guy at the bar, swapping the coin, yep. you know, saved the girl right off the bat. And then, oh, my God, he's the first guy he faces on the first day. And you're like, sweet, this is going to be. Now silly. I show you a trick or two. Right. <laughs> and he showed him and, and he lost some gold in the process. But I mean, it, it's my favorite fight because of how cool the concept is. But as a kid, I wanted it to be I wanted it to, to be just a, like, boom, flashy, but it's not, which is yeah. cool. And well, the only good thing is that it was his first fight in the Kumite and he broke the world f- record. Right. That's right. The <laughs> world record. Yeah. The yeah. Was my favorite fight record. in the first day as well for a specific reason not the fight itself but it shows you everything you need to know about frank as a fighter 
Yes. He's very quick and efficient, but when he knocks the guy down and the guy's on the ground, he raises up a fist like, okay, I'm going to hit you again if you get up, and the guy plays dead. He drops. And Frank stops and goes to bow towards the, the judges. It shows that he's not there to be as vicious or as bloodthirsty as, say, Chong Lee, who will just keep beating on a man who's half dead. Mm-hmm. But as soon as he's got his back turned on this guy, this guy gets up and tries to get him from behind. And as soon as he touches Frank, Frank turns around and takes him down in two other moves. And that's still the world record. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. Did anybody ever time it? Like, did they stop fighter. the time when he passed out? Or did, like, did he restart they the time that. when he gets back out? They count that thought, whole thing. That whole fight is never, 12 seconds, including him getting back up. So really, it should have been a faster world record if the guy stayed down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, exactly. But it's a really cool fight. Mm-hmm. And you have other fun stuff like Chong Lee's first fight. You see how threatening he can be. Oh, man. He's, He's unstoppable. So that far shot oh. where it's, it's, oh. it, he just gets up and off comes the jacket and you yeah. can see the people around yeah. him. And, and you're just like, my God, he's like a mountain coming down the steps. What and I like I about... Was, yeah. As a kid, I was legitimately sweating <laughs> when they prepare the platform for the final match. Yes. <laughs> I was legitimately <laughs> sweating. What I like no how they do with Chun-Li, though, is... It, I mean, we are, they already established he's, he's the world champion from previous years, but I like his level of confidence of who he's facing. Like in the beginning, he doesn't even have to get into a stance or anything. He's just literally arms down, no. walking at them, waiting he blows for something his nose. to happen. But by the end, but yeah. by the end, you actually see he starts taking fights a little more serious. He knows these contenders Absolutely. are a little more threatening and he has to get a little bit more into, into pose. But I just like that evolution of him. He's not, he's a great, character. he's just not unstoppable right from the beginning. He is vulnerable, but at the beginning, he knows this guy stands no chance. I don't even have to give him my best, you know. But the and fact that they that. show, it's funny. So to, to Wayne's point there, Frank in his first fight bows to the opponent, bows to the judges. Chong Lee gets up and blows snot rockets <laughs> yeah. before he beats the crap out of the guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's just there because he enjoys the crowd cheering him on. Yeah. yeah. The way he sh- he'll grandstand and showboat where he'll be holding someone who's half unconscious and like wave the crowd like, no, 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 I'm not done yet. Let me hit him again. He's just bloodthirsty. He just <laughs> yeah. gets off on the attention towards him. It's he's a fascinating character. There's almost like an insecurity to him in that respect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a, really I just remember he made me villain. sweat. Yeah. He's he made a great me sweat villain. as a kid. And That's the most said. intimidating thing is the, the only part of me I'm going to flex at you are my boobs as I walk towards you. Like he yeah. flexes pecs so, at people before he fights. And that's it's weird. I was a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid, I never, I thought, I think he's one of the greatest villains ever. And watching it again now, I literally want to know more about him. Like I just, I, I, I just, I find the character so fascinating in terms of like, why is he, so ruthless like it you don't have to kill anyone in this competition you don't like it's not <laughs> but he always kills someone and or it's breaks well, it's like, and he, uh, he goes over the top and i'm curious yeah. why i'm curious like i've never really understood what the prize for the kumite is other than the title so is it just the title is it money like i think if they it's I, the washer again, dryer like, <laughs> yeah, like, what does he get out of it? And for me, it's the what I like about it, and what I was thinking about in terms of a remake of it is like honestly, 
they would spend a little bit more time probably i hope telling you a little bit more about him what motivates him and you could divide that movie and spend 50% of the time with chun li and 50% of the time with dukes maybe really get a sense for what drives this guy but he is the most terrifying like the idea of yeah. jean claude fighting him you're like he's never fought anything like this guy this guy's an animal yeah <laughs> uh, he's really cool and I mean, I'd be concerned yeah. that maybe it'd lose a bit of like part of what I like about him is that mystery of why is he even there? Is it because it's an excuse to be able to kill? Is it the crowd? Is there money involved? You don't really understand his journey and it makes him a little bit scarier to me. Oh, he's like he's a just giant force of nature in the, the ring. He's a giant Asian Michael Myers. And yeah. you're, you're just you're toast. Like yeah, you're just you're toast. Plain and simple. No explanation. No, no, nothing. Yeah. And anytime he does talk, because he's very sparse with his words, everything he says is just the biggest burn he can give you at that <laughs> yeah. particular time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you are next. Or just the, now I break you, like I break your friend, and points yep. the, uh, <laughs> the, the headband that he now, oh my God, just too many good things about him. Wayne, did we get your, your favorite fight? Yeah, it was the that? first one. Yes, I yep. thought so. We went for a while there, so I'm losing track. Yeah. Sorry. That's okay. So we got through that day one, and then you have. So we're about 20 minutes into the film now. Said, oh, I know. <laughs> 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 Whoops. This film has a lot. For everyone who can sit here and point in and go, oh, it's just a dumb action film, it has a lot of depth and layers to what they, they did. They put their heart into this film, and you can tell. Agreed. It's really. With cool. what they had to work with, it was amazing. But yep. day two of the fights is when you start oh. getting actual for lack of a better term like character fights rather than here's Look. like the peon that we have at the beginning to show that frank dukes can punch yeah for example the guy who doesn't talk and uses sign language to intimidate frank dukes yeah Paco. that big tall oh, guy yeah. no not Paco. Paco. no he's talking uh, about the big the, tall guy, the, the, the tall guy with his hair kind of Eight. braided oh yeah every time he motions like he points towards frank as like nine feet but tall. he's shaking his hand as he points and then points towards him yeah. and then goes to make like a crushing motion oh, yeah. hands and does the whole yeah. finger across the throat <laughs> and that ent entire intimidation lasts longer than the actual <laughs> i thought that was the yeah, world yeah. record fight it has i would it, it has like unless seconds. they started counting from the intimidation and that's what killed him maybe yeah. Because he probably said fight, and actually yeah. he did. He said fight, he and he stopped them, and then he yeah. did all his signs. He spends a yeah. good fifteen seconds pantomiming what kind of trouble Frank Dukes is in, <laughs> yeah. and then he beats him in two hits, yeah. which is amazing. Yeah. It's a, just a one, just two kicks, and it's done. Oh yeah. my god! One to and the edge, and one outside. They do a really good job yeah. in the film of balancing between each main character's fights. Like you get a good mix of even the montages. Here's Frank Dukes fighting a few people. Here's Ray Jackson just destroying people like that guy he grabs. And all you see is him just running towards yes. the edge of the mat, throwing him off and going, go home. This yeah. is also yeah. my favorite look for Van Damme. I love the orange gi with the black so yes. much. I think it looks awesome on him. Oh, and the gold belt or the yellow yeah. belt? I think yeah. I, I yeah. just like, I don't know. I just think that looks amazing. Anytime I see like art for Bloodsport or whatever, and he's wearing that, I'm like, that's the the outfit I always picture with him. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bloodsport. Really cool fights. Correct me if I'm wrong. Because again, some of it blends together. I know they show a lot of fighters during the montages. Like mm -hmm. they'll do montages involving, for example, the monkey fighter character and the sumo and, and Ray and Frank Dukes. 
I feel like every time Chong Lee has a fight, they dedicate the time to his fight. I don't think he's ever part of a montage. <laughs> I feel like he always gets his fight. Well, I think that's shown, because the music has or they pick up in the middle of his fight him. and you see the fight. Yeah, the music has to change. You get Chong Lee's theme, but he was part of a couple of montages. Okay. Yeah, he was he, actually. Yeah. He was. There's the white guy that's balding with the with the, the really cool those samurai pants. Yeah. He, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the okay. one that breaks the ice at the beginning. Yeah, yeah, the thick blocks of ice, which I always thought was cool. And I thought he was a cool looking guy. I wish you had seen more of him fighting. But you know, I think two or three times Chong Li is shown in a montage. Okay. Remember, he grabs the guy's punch, twists, and he hits him, and his mouth guard falls out. Oh, it's, right. It's like a, it's like a Tom Selleck-y looking guy or whatever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it just feels like every time they go to his, you see a bit more of his fight. And again, that's I think that's just because of the, the switch in music, and and to make the music flow, it has to Maybe. be longer to go to his theme to come right. back out of yeah. it. Yeah, right. I think you're right there. But and then the cool triumphant matchups. swelling when Van Damme shows up, right? Like it's mm-hmm. and then it swells into his theme. Yeah. One of the things I was finding interesting watching it this time with Parker, it's one thing when you go, okay, during the montage, here's you know Ray Jackson fighting a dude. Well, we know who's going to win. Yeah. But the most interesting yeah. fights to look over at Parker and be like, so uh, who are you betting on? Is when you would have yeah. two characters that aren't Jackson, Chong Li, or Frank Dukes. Yeah. If you have anyone else mm-hmm. in there. Anybody can win. Except except Paco. Yeah. There's something about Paco's character that every time oh, he yeah. was on, even though they don't spend time with him, like, I mean, he makes it to the final four. I don't know. Every time they show him, you're like, this guy's got devastating kicks. Like, yeah. he's, yeah. Paco, I'm betting yeah. he's going like, to win. If Sagat looked like yeah. Kino, he'd be yeah. Paco. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and he is more yeah. he's, he's kickboxing. Right. He's, he's, kickboxing. He's, a, he's, a, yeah, he's a kickboxer. Yeah. So he's doing Sagat's moves, but he looks like yeah. Kino. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Right. And he was kind of he was kind of a fun little like, I don't know, mini boss of a villain kind of the sure. face, yeah. faces yeah. off against. Yeah. I still don't well, understand they, they, why when that fight starts and he motions for Frank Dukes to also put the two arms up in Muay Thai, why he would even humor that for a moment. Hey, yeah. I know you've made it this far in the Kumite. Why don't you try my fighting style for five seconds? Why would you do that? But then oh, when they do the kicks at the, the end, it's awesome. Oh, oh my god! That's, that's like just calling that's my, for it. Like, come on. That's prop. That's my favorite fight of that round. Yeah, it's just the come on, come on, ah, oh, yeah, just where you have... each other. That's the best. That's the best. Fight. Sorry, what, sorry, Mark. What does he do? <laughs> and that's a really great yeah, example sorry, of again. I, I couldn't hear you, Mark. How did, how did, what did he say? <laughs> yeah. Frank Duke's being able to block out pain where he's essentially doing Irish boxing, but with roundhouse kicks yeah. from, from a Muay Thai yeah. practitioner, from a Muay Thai which fighter. let's face it, they mm. kick, they kick tree trunks. And we know from kickboxer that tongue poke kicks. Pokes. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. Right. But you're Man. inviting kicks. You're Van Damme's last them. roundhouse kick in that fight is so fast. Well, I love that. Yeah, you're seeing yeah. they're both kicking Spin. each other back and forth. Oh, it's so fast. And then once they're about five or six kicks in, Van Damme starts picking up speed and he's getting two to three kicks in for each one kick yeah. that Paco's getting in and he overwhelms them. Yeah. Just brute yeah. force and then just a kick to the face and then such a fast spin kick to finish him off. That spin. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah. Now, and then when he's sitting there in slow motion while Paco's falling, and you're just like, "My God, he is shredded beyond all." Oh, and, yeah. and 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 that's where Helmer and Rollins look at each other, and they're like, uh, <laughs> "Okay." Well, yeah, because every time <laughs> yeah, they're like, "What the fuck is going yeah, on?" Here? The two of them were chasing after him throughout the film. There's never any sort of 
fear for the audience that he's going to get caught. He is on screen toying with those two fools. Oh, it's a Scooby-Doo chase every right. time. Even when the coyote goes to Bugs Bunny to ask for help, you still don't feel <laughs> like they're going to catch him. Like He'd get 100 feet ahead of them and then stop and put his arms up in the air like, hey guys, how come you haven't caught me yet? And yeah. then he'd run off again. And he's really charismatic during those scenes. It's kind of yep. funny. But yes, to getting the into best the Stan Bush songs. Like, yeah. my God, we oh, haven't yeah. even touched on the Stan Bush contributions, but go ahead. Not the best Stan Bush song, <laughs> but sorry. That's still from Transformers for me. But yes, these are still pretty damn good. These are, good. These are okay. up there. So of these songs that are in this, and I'm willing to bet I know the answer, but we've got On My Own, we've got Fight to Survive, and we've got, uh, what's the name of the song when they're doing the, the chase through Hong Kong where the two- Steal the Night. Thank you. Steal the night. So we're going to rank them one through three. Which one's number one? I'm willing to bet we're all on the same page for number one. Are we not? Okay. This is going to be really weird. No, you know what? You guys go first. You guys go first. I have to say the, like the Kumite song fight to survive has to be number one. Yeah. But then on my own, has got to be number two for me. And then after that is steal the night. It's a good song. (laughs) But with the way they set up on my own, when he's all sad, because Jackson's been beat down by Chung Lee. And he's on the train and hallucinates Chong Lee sitting beside him and like the the glare of the, the window. Yeah. That made me jump the first time I saw it. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the one thing that the 80s did so well is whether they used the song or whether the song was written for the scene, the lyrics pretty much slapped you in the face with what you should be thinking at that moment yes. and what the character right? <laughs> I, I mean, love that. Yeah. Yeah. Like your amazing. eye of the tiger kind of stuff. Like I love yeah. that when it's written for the film. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Well, with On My Own, that. I mean, it hurts to find you failed the test, even though, you know, knowing that you tried your best. Right. You know, it's like, ah, oh, man, mm-hmm. damn it. And I'm you can feel. Let you down. Like it's amazing. Yeah. It's un- unbelievable. But I mean, come on, Kumate, Kumate. That's Kumate. number one. Yeah, so it has good. to be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> with the drum beat that kicks in with it. I love oh, it. Yep. It's so good. Just so yep. good. How many soundtracks can you think of for a film where they have three original songs and the film's not a musical, but three <laughs> yeah. original songs <laughs> and yes. they're good. Yes. <laughs> like that's yeah. not a common thing. But as we've established, a good video game film, which I argue this is, has yep. a musical number somewhere. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do agree because like this movie is the, you know, the introduction of the ring out in yeah. a fighting game, right? 100%. Like there's oh, two yeah. ways to, there's two ways to win. You can knock the guy out or you can kick the guy out. Well, three ways to well, win. Can One, you oh, knock your opponent out. Two, you make your opponent yeah. say mate, which is like saying uncle. Three, you throw the fuck yeah. right off the runway. Right. Piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. They set up all of that stuff so well. But yeah, I'd never seen one where you could just knock the guy out of the ring. And yeah. that is my preferred yeah. method of beating anyone in Soul Calibur. I know. You're yeah. out. <laughs> also, Battle Arena Toshinden. Yes. Oh, very cool. Ring out, like just like Mark said. Ring right? out. Yeah. Like, that's pretty out. wild stuff. And there's some pretty good upsets in terms of the, the non-story character fights. I legitimately didn't know who was going to win when you had Monkey Man versus the Sumo. Yeah, you can. Uh, yeah, I, I, I didn't know who'd win. Personally, I personally was always on the Sumo. I don't know, maybe I just because like he seemed too big to hurt. I don't know. I just even as a kid, I was like, he's got no chance. But when you see the Monkey Guy knock someone over and give him that karate chop to the back of the head, 
that guy's legs spasm and he's done. So I'm like, okay, if the, and he get, if he the gave a double chop him, to the sumo guy, chops. it didn't even phase him, right? And it yeah. didn't matter. No, it didn't phase him. But all that of he's that, never going to walk again. Yeah, all of oh, that yeah, builds he up back. the sumo <laughs> to a point where he is just legal. He is just one of two mini bosses for Frank Dukes to face. Mm-hmm. One is Paco, but then the yeah. sumo is like the proper mini boss before Chong Lee. Yeah, and if yep. we got to talk yeah. about a fight. The, the sumo fight is unreal. So yep. much happens in that the, fight. Yeah. The look of fear on on his face when he hits the sumo and there's like no reaction. Or just him back up because he's yeah. like, well, and when he hits him, I just hit this guy. Jean Claude hits him and almost bounces off of him with his kick. Yeah. Yeah, that's I, what I, mean. I love more when than he tears once. him when more he grabs him and throws him down and he tears the, the gi off. He gets up, throws it yeah. off. The music there as he gets uh, you know, and he's just now trying to figure out what do I got to do to take this guy down. Yeah, the when he tries so to kick him in the head, and the sumo grabs the kick and then just and starts just, pulling him across the arena. And yeah. Jean Claude's doing the splits, yeah. but you can tell it's not feeling good. It's right not now. natural. It's not, it's not yeah. natural. Yeah. He's not doing the splits. Right. Yeah. Forced to and do. the guy's yeah. just laughing as he drags him across the arena. I'm like, oh, yeah. God, this yeah. man's an ogre. Yeah. And then he dim mocks him. Yeah. Which and, is he, and there's a moment, right, where he recomposes himself. And you're like, oh, crap, he's picking up steam. Yeah. Well, and yeah. the setup for that, you've already seen the sumo do a bear hug on the monkey man. And basically, as far as I could tell, cripple him. Yeah. Like he, yes. he goes limp and drops. He's crippled yeah. a man doing this. Yep. So when he gets that same bear hug on Jean-Claude, you're like, what is he going to do? And he does a three hit headbutt, headbutt yeah. to get himself loose. And then, and then he steadies and himself, the dim mock to his chest. And it does hurt the guy, but it almost sends him into like a frenzy. Yeah. <laughs> like he yeah. staggers back. And just starts like it's, like it's almost like he turns mode. into Hulk Hogan, <laughs> where like the crowd is chanting him and he gets super mad. Yeah, and then the Johnny Cage moment happens, which oh. I had never seen anything like this no. in a film before ever. I'd never seen a fighting movie go for the nuts. No, like, just never. And the fact, and it's that, how he goes for the nuts. Yes, right. does the <laughs> yes. splits and does uh, like an upwards uppercut with one fist. Yeah. With, I would say, probably like a 20-something inch bicep delivering the force. Right. I, yeah. yeah. And that sumo's probably got tough nuts. But <laughs> like, that would have went through yeah. my neck and out my mouth. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the fact that he doesn't lift six rafters. feet off the ground is commendable. <laughs> yeah. Literally, my nuts would have been in the rafters. But, like, he does that hit. Yeah. And I love my how My nuts would have like... been thrown right off the fucking runway. <laughs> yeah, he, he would have made your Audi mini. With the censoring. I hate you. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure he lost because his nuts are outside of the arena. Right. But then just the John Clark gets back up and just does the two fingers on the guy's forehead and pushes him to the ground. Yeah. Like yeah. the guy's yeah. done. He's unconscious standing up. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. But such, still standing. Right. Yeah. Such an awesome, awesome fight. Yeah. Yep. And we're almost done day two, skipping all subplot, <laughs> the romantics, skipping the, the fact Are we that skipping the nudity? We've Jean-Claude yeah. is the only nudity. <laughs> Which, That's the one he's talking about. Teenager, it, when I heard brief nudity in this film, when I heard brief the nudity, maroon. I didn't expect it to be Jean-Claude's butt. Yeah. <laughs> but no, the maroon undies. Say he's in good the shape. Maroon undies. The maroon undies. very good shape. Yeah. <laughs> yep. If if you're if you're a friends fan, um just so you know, he can crush a walnut with his butt. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can do that if I sit on the walnut. That's about it. <laughs> I thought you did that's like hopefully by accident. Pencil. <laughs> yeah. I won't eat it though. That's making a walnut disappear though. <laughs> <laughs> well, he made the other the sumo's nuts disappear. So there's a trend. That's true. There. True. <laughs> so at this point. We could go on about subplots and the romance and all of those things. There's, there's cool stuff there, but we also will be here forever. So let's talk about the only other thing that matters. Ray Jackson has been defeated and damn near killed, put in a hospital by <sighs> Chong Lee. And now it's time for Chong Lee versus Frank Dukes. This oh. is the fight. The and, and we fight. do have yeah. to like, we do have to glance over the Ray Jackson thing, but we that's do. a pretty big moment. Like that, it that's, it's and too Ray bad. Ray could have won. To- Jackson oh, he was winning. Technically, he did win. He, was he winning. just got too cocky. He, 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 he knocks got him down and then turns yeah. to look at the crowd and says, Jackson, Jackson. I, and then Chung Lee just destroys him. Chung Lee's reaction to it, because as he as he shakes off the cobwebs, he looks <laughs> oh. at him, he's like, should have finished me. And yeah. then he just he ends it. Should have gone for the head is what that is. Yeah. <laughs> should have gone for the head. He did go for the head. He did go for the head. That's why he was but winning. Even before yep. that started, you know Frank Dukes will have a good chance because before Ray Jackson fights him, he says, you know, he's, he's weak in the gut. gut. Aim for his gut. Stay away from his right leg. You can tell Frank Dukes has been paying attention to yeah. Chung Lee and how he fights. And Jackson, I love it. It's just the, will you stop worrying? You sound like my mother. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Jackson is too yeah. much. And yeah. then he almost separates his head from his body. Right. Yeah. And then you have the nice bro moment in the hospital, yep. which is a little oh. touching, actually. Mm. I, it is. Absolutely. But the fight. But we'll glance over all of that. Yeah. Maybe. We okay, will. So maybe. We'll come back to it maybe, maybe. briefly. But <laughs> the fight. The There's fact two that the- movies. Two movies that made me sweat. <laughs> one of them was I don't aliens. want to know the other one. Well, oh. it, it, oh, it's, yeah, okay, sorry. One of them was aliens, <laughs> right? When they're talking about three meters and two meters and one meter, okay. and, yep. you know, yep. I didn't know what was happening. And the other thing was when it became time to prepare the platform for the final match, I was like, are you kidding me? He has to face off against him. Oh yeah. Oh. And well, I got to give a special in. shout out, <laughs> special shout out to the platform as a secret star. Oh yeah. Because it makes the final fight look so much more awesome, not just because of the shape and design, but all the blood splattered right. all yeah. over yes. the, the film starts with the whole history of the, the tournament. Yeah. The, arena. the whole and history as of the, the fights are happening, blood everywhere. Just yeah. bloodier. But bloodier. yeah, the fact that it's now the bottom, the middle of the arena is flat with the ground, and the left and right side of the arena are now raised up on an angle, so you're not even on even footing. Yeah. And before yeah. the fight even starts, you see Chong Li's trainer put the little pills in his pouch and you're like, what's this going to be? Is it going to be what it turns out to be, which is blinding powder? I wasn't sure if he was going to eat them himself and turn into Bane. Who knows? I thought it was vitamin C or echinacea. (laughs) (laughs) It gets scurvy halfway through the fight. (laughs) (laughs) It was calcium magnesium. <laughs> yeah, it's calcium. He had a he had heartburn. So <laughs> even before it's, it's Pepsi, it's a Tums. Okay, it's Tums. Tums. Even before the fight goes sideways with Chong Lee cheating because he's losing, the fight is a solid test of them gauging each other back and forth. Yeah, it's like a masterclass of the best things both of these fighters can do throughout this fight. They are at the top of their game, and yeah. the intimidation at the beginning of Chong Lee's wearing you know full pants. And then when he takes those off for the shorts underneath, he has Jackson's headband tied around his knee just to yeah. throw Frank Dukes off a little mm. bit. 
That yep. is awesome. And again, yep. even though he that cheated, so awesome. if he didn't play with his food, Chun Li would have won this. Would have won this. If fight. he didn't, right? Yeah. So you have a pretty <laughs> cool fight between them. And as Frank Dukes looks like he's going to win and Chung Lee's been knocked down, he crushes that powder in his fingers and throws it at him. And you can argue that it's acting or overacting, but it is some of the most emotional acting that I've ever seen from Jean-Claude when Frank Dukes realizes that he's been blinded. Oh, the frustration. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is you know, you, heartbreaking. You can make a, yeah, it is heartbreaking. Like, it's a meme now when you, know, when you know people. But, but I mean, the fact in that moment as a kid, like, you felt it. I was petrified well petrified. and there's a there's yeah. a small detail and i realized afterwards like watching in subsequent viewings what it is he's got a cut just above one of his eyebrows when he presses mm-hmm. his hands against his eyes and then pulls back to look at them and like kind of points them out towards the crowd i didn't realize okay. the cut above his eyebrow so i thought his eye was bleeding when he I, same blood thing the first time i saw it same like, thing oh my oh. god yeah, no, I... I was legitimately worried for him there yeah. But just that primal oh. scream that he does. Oh. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. it's not even that first scream like that. Oh, but that second one that just sounds defeated. That yeah. oh. <laughs> like, yeah. you feel for him. And of course, yeah. Chung Lee, like you said, he could have beat him there. But he's sitting there just getting off in the crowd. Chung Lee and dancing up and down. And then you see him start to block out the pain. And Frank Dukes closes his eyes and meditates. And you get the flashback to that training. And now he can fight blind so well that he can hear him with a crowd of people chanting. (laughs) Yeah. He is a superhero. He turns into Daredevil at the end of this. Yep. (laughs) Well, and like, I love the way he feels for the ref. Oh, yeah. Or keeps the Um, ref. Does does the kick, the kick over the ref, like the way when he like does the leap kick, he almost uses the ref to like, Jump up and do the yeah. leap kick right. on, and then helps him up immediately. Behind him, and then Chung Lee tries to put the ref behind him. Yeah, and he jumps over the ref to hit Chung Lee in the gut. And then after yeah. that, he's always got one arm out to try and figure out where the ref is to protect him, but also trying yeah. to keep an eye on where Chung Lee is. Mm-hmm. It again, it yeah. shows that honor that Frank Dukes yeah. has in him. And one of my favorite shots in it, because you have early on like. Chong Lee has killed someone during the Kumite who he shouldn't, and the judges have turned their back on him. So you know the judges are important. The slow panning shot they do, it's a long shot as the fight's happening mm-hmm. after Frank Dukes has been blinded, where it's panning behind all three judges. So you're seeing their point of view of what the fight is as what's he's going walking. on right now, as he's yeah. protecting mm-hmm. the ref and trying to fight Chong yes. Lee, and the music is kicking in. Yes. Most powerful yeah. moment in the fight. It is yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You know yeah. at that point he's gonna win. Yeah. I know right? the music cue at that wow. point, oh. and it's amazing. It's so good. I mean the the awesome helicopter kicks that the he's doing. Several so kicks fast. that he's doing. He's doing them so fast over and over, and Chong Lee's just trying to duck yeah. under each one so he doesn't get hit. Yeah. And it cuts to Jean-Claude, sorry, Frank Dukes's temporary girlfriend who is worried, but now she's clapping and laughing because my blind boyfriend mm-hmm. is doing awesome. Mm-hmm. And then instead of later Jean-Claude films where he'll do one roundhouse kick and they'll do three takes of it, Frank Dukes does multiple roundhouse kicks yes. to yeah. Chong Lee's yeah. face. Yeah. He hits him a good four times in the noggin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Zooms in closer each time. And yeah, th- those yeah. helicopter kicks are crazy because in the slow motion, I mean, you oh. can see when he jumps up and they 
twists. Oh, yeah. You can just, yeah. Yeah. you can imagine the, the force. Yeah, yeah, the force. And I searched oh. desperately to find this as a meme to send you guys. My favorite single moment of that kind of last part of the fight is the last kick he does to Chung Lee and the camera's focusing on Chung Lee and just about as he's about to fall over, he raises up one arm like he's going to say, check, please, and then drops. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. I don't know if it's intentionally there, but if it's not, it's the most unintentionally funny moment in the film because <laughs> it just takes the piss out of Chung Lee in that moment. He yep. is not intimidating yeah. at all when he does this Looney Tunes version of falling over. And then, of course, you get the gratifying moment of Frank Duke's grabbing Chung Lee by the neck, threatening to break his neck and just screaming, say it. Yeah. Followed by yeah. Mate. Mate. He makes the villain surrender. Yeah. That doesn't knock him out. Who is the is only powerful. character to surrender in the entire Kumite. In the entire That we Kumite. saw. Makes that him, we saw. Right. That we saw. Makes him call uncle. Makes him yep. say uncle. That is Power and then relaying that to Ray Jackson later, where he's like, See, you stumped him real good, yeah. Frankie. It's the worst. worst. He made him say Mate. Mm-hmm. The look Mate. on Ray Jackson's face. He's just so proud. Yeah. <laughs> he is. He's proud. Followed immediately by don't anywhere. get too cocky. You might have to fight me next time. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? Anytime you need me, anywhere. Anytime, anywhere, you, brother. Where, any yeah. place. I love you. I love, I love you, my friends. The same thing. Any place, me anywhere. Too. Only Ray Jackson. Yeah. You can yeah. say the same thing twice and make it sound poignant. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> is there anything we've missed about this? That there's nothing that, we missed. There is one little quick little. Sure. I remember when I was young and I saw the this movie for the first time. There was one little choreography that I thought was just awesome, and that was. When he's in the orange gi with the black and he's fighting the the, the shorter Asian uh, all in the gray gi. Okay. Yep. It starts off and he does like a low kick and then two really high kicks to his face really quick. That dude, followed dude, up dude. with like a left kick, but the but the Asian catches it and immediately he does that jump kick right, uh, to get him off. Kick. That was the yep. first time I ever seen that. And I remember I was like, that was incredible. Like yeah. to be able to think that fast on your feet that even if somebody catches your leg, you can still just snap kick them right out of it. You know, yep. I just thought that was awesome. Like I said, yep. not a lot of moves, but every move mattered in this. Yep. Every attack mm-hmm. progressed the actual fight or showed something about the character in the fight. Yeah. It's yep. storytelling through martial arts rather than just martial arts. It is impressive to me. And it's all shot yeah. well. Like Wayne was oh, saying yeah. earlier and Mark yeah. was saying, like the angles, everything. Like there's even the montage where Van Damme's doing the um, that really slow where he kicks and he kicks like right up beside his own head. Right. Yeah. And then, then they jump up and they kick each other at the same time. But Van Damme's foot is long yeah. or his leg yep. is longer. Like just, yeah. just those angles the way you see the lighting from the ceiling sometimes like kind of like even with like even non-fights like when he's when he's doing the splits up on that building and it's like oh yeah like he's okay. on the edge of that building and it's just I looking out at have, the city i yep. have a question about that oh. all right so he's up on top of this building that is however many stories up and he's doing the splits it's now, on the mountain too right so watching that i was staring at the background trying to figure out if he was actually there and nothing seems to be moving, including the smoke on the smokestacks of the buildings in the background. Is that a picture? 
or is he up there? No, like, no, he's there. he's there. He's uh, there. You'd be able to tell if it was a yeah. matte or or a green or a terrible green screen, especially you know back, back in, in the late eighties. No, no, he's he's definitely there for sure. There's Nothing one, seemed to be moving in the background. <laughs> there's one shot where it's a little bit further up, and you can see the water in the bay below. And no, he's definitely there for it sure. Might for be sure. my DVD quality. I need to get it on Blu-ray so I can tell better. Yes, I yes. need it on Blu-ray. <laughs> I looked for it. I had trouble finding it. Well, Hard Target is coming now officially, so maybe um, in, in a collector. So maybe Bloodsport is next. They had a, a nice. dual combo of this and Time Cop, but I don't like dual combos. I like no. individual discs. Same here. I, just no. something about it's, it bothers me. Same. I don't yeah. know why. Even though I'm getting twice the value, I suppose. But whatever. Yeah, same. I'd rather pay twice for two different. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Well, unless there's anything anyone wants to, to bring to the table here that we may have missed, I know there is a ton of stuff. This movie is a treasure trove of small moments. It is really cool. Like I said, in my top 10, I love this film. It is emotional. It is well choreographed. It is cinematically beautiful. The soundtrack matches what's happening and is beautiful unto itself. The performances, especially Jean-Claude's, may be one of his strongest, in my opinion. I adore this film. Yeah. <laughs> here, here. Yeah. Yeah, the only here, thing, here. Uh, only thing I'd add, I'd add to this is that I really do feel that I know this movie isn't adapted from a video game, but you would be forgiven for mistaking that. It <laughs> yes, you would, because <laughs> it, it very much feels like a fighting video game. Well, that's why we're Loose talking concepts. about. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's it's Tekken, it's Street Fighter, it's Mortal Kombat, it's Soul Calibur. And the if reason you're a fan that, of any of those games, oh yeah, this is the feel well, of what. And that if you're would a be fan of any of those yeah. games, you're probably a fan of those games because of this film. Yeah. yeah. Yes. When I played yes. Street Fighter Two, it's because I wanted to be a part of Bloodsport, right? I, this, like, yeah. I get to play my own Kumite now. Right. This yeah. film inspires gamers to want to pick up a fighting game. Yeah. Right. And anyone 100%. who's a fan of fighting games is going to get a huge kick out of this film. Yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah. Oh god. And it still I, holds up. I think you can watch it, it today not having oh, yeah. seen it back in the day and yeah. still fully enjoy this. Yep. Sure, yeah. you'd have to understand, like we said, the choreography where today it's more it's about being longer and flashier. Once you understand that that's not what this is about, I think you'll have a great time with it. Yeah. There's a couple yep. of unfortunate stereotypes throughout, which is prevalent <laughs> in the 80s. Yes, that's the 80s some, charm. There's some pretty bad yeah. stereotyping <laughs> happening with a lot of different cultures because there's a lot of cultures represented in this. But aside yeah. from that kind of ugliness, this movie holds up exceptionally well. For sure. Yeah. But this yeah. was our gift to us. If you couldn't sit through it, ah, then you're not a father. <laughs> but for all you or fathers, all you motherfuckers out there, that is technically true for all of us. <laughs> we thank you for listening to Press X to Reload and joining us on a pretty special special to us. I have been Nick Moore. With me, as always, we're Wayne Brissett. Mark Athenis and Chris Nijedlik. Gentlemen, happy Father's Day, everyone. Yeah, happy Father's Day. Yeah, happy Father's Day. I'll Thanks be over here. Me. Just go ahead. I, I was going to say I had I had goosebumps through the entire uh, through the entire chat. But okay, sorry. Go ahead, Mark. Well, no, I was just saying as the as the only non dad here, I'll just be you know sleeping and That's you know. doing whatever. <laughs> yes, I want. yes, spending <laughs> your <laughs> income and sleeping in. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, all I'm going to be doing. Goodbye, everybody. Happy Father's Day. <laughs>
Today's episode featured the voices of Marka Thanos, Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore, with special guest Chris Nijadlik. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review. We'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.